Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking about the one thing that we absolutely all, absolutely, positively have to have to make our businesses successful, and that's customers. (laughs) If we're not selling our product, our services to somebody, it's not going to matter what we're doing. But the problem is we're not doing it correctly. And so please join me in welcoming Kristen Zhivago to our program today because she is an expert in this. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we'll jump into this. I can't wait. As a marketing person in my little heart and soul, I love this. I think this is so much fun and and so interesting. So Christian Javago is president of Javago Partners, a digital marketing management company, and author of the five-star book Roadmap to Revenue: How to Sell Your Way to to how, how to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. Kristen was a revenue coach to CEOs and entrepreneurs, mostly for tech companies, for many years, doing marketing and sales department turnarounds and teaching company managers what their customers wanted to buy from them and how they wanted to buy it. She was one of the first to identify selling as supporting the customer's buying journey and is now rolling out a lead-generating concept called Mindset-Driven Marketing. So again, Kristen, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Great. Well, you know, I always like to know a little bit more about my guest and how they got to where they are today. So, to, and especially when I look at, say, your LinkedIn profile and say that you have a degree in music. Um, so tell us how you got to where you are today and how you discovered that this truly is your passion in life. Uh, okay. So yes, came from a show business family. My dad used to teach, um, ballroom dancing to 3000 kids a year. Um, they used to be on the Ed Sullivan show back in the day, uh, quite a bit. And, um, my mother was trying to be a starlet in Hollywood, um, after they got divorced. And so it was just, I just grew up and I was a singer and, uh, uh, played the flute and the guitar and all mm-hmm. sorts of things, sang my way through college, uh, mostly other jobs as well. Mm-hmm. But what happened was when I was 17, I was the quote unquote, as far as I know, I was the first woman to sell machine shop tools in the mm-hmm. United States for a Pratt and Whitney distributor. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really prepare me. They just gave me a catalog and said, right. go Here, sell. Go forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I went out there with my mini skirt and, you know, and um, there was one particular incident where I went into a machine shop, the whole place shut down. They're like, what are you here for? And the old guy, the old foreman came up and he said, okay, honey, then you tell me how your drill bit is better than the one I'm using now. And I had no answer, of right. course. Mm-hmm. And I was very embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to get embarrassed when you're 17 Mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. 
I walked out to the car and I remember standing in the parking lot and thinking to myself, I'm going to learn everything I can about selling and technology. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it ever since. So that's what got me started. Ended up uh, deciding not to pursue a, a show business career. I was actually going to be a teacher, but when I got out of college, nobody was um, hiring teachers. And I just kept selling and marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, opened up a ad agency and PR house in Silicon Valley with my husband mm -hmm. um, in 1979. So I've been around a while. Um, and uh, we did that for about 12 years, well, till 1991. And then the Mac came mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my husband and said, they're going to take all their bread and butter marketing, the smaller stuff in house. Yep. Uh, he was our graphic designer, but mm -hmm. he's also an inventor. He makes boats and speakers and whatever else. I mean, mm -hmm. he just makes things all the time. So he retired, and I spent the next few years trying to figure out what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I knew I was helping people market in-house, but mm -hmm. I just, you know, so I finally realized I was a revenue coach. Mm -hmm. Um, and I called myself that because CEOs and business owners don't really care about sales or marketing. They just mm -hmm. care about revenue. Right. So, um, so I invented that category and pursued that, did a lot of marketing and sales turnarounds for mm -hmm. small and large companies and, um, did a lot of work for IBM for a long time, uh, writing their instructions for marketing people and going around the world and teaching people. Um, so that's kind of where I ended up. And then, last few years, I realized that there were a lot of business owners that were like deer in the headlights when it came to digital marketing. Mm -hmm. And since I'd been in digital marketing for so long, and um, I knew I could run a good company. So um, I actually co-founded an agency in 2014. And then I split off on my own in 2017 and started this company. Mm. So that's, that's where we, that's how we got to where we are now. Great. And I'm very passionate still mm -hmm. about making it easy for customers to buy. Right. And that's the key, is making it easy for customers to buy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I loved reading your book. Hold it up. Be Vanna. I have a oh, digital copy, so I can't Vanna. hold mine up. Um, so <laughs> Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. Right. And, you know, as I was reading it, I'm, I'm a marketing person. You know, that's, that's what I am in my little, little so marketing and PR. And it was, I, I loved it because part of what you were talking about was the fact that quite often marketing is here and sales are here yeah. and there's a big gap in between yep. and they never talk to each other. You don't, they don't go, they might go to the same meetings, but they're, you know, no, we don't talk to each other. And, you know, and, and so marketing creates these fabulous things and the salespeople are like, <laughs> that's not what we sell. That's not what we do because marketing has to use all the, the current terms. They have to use, you know, whatever is the brightest and shiniest thing at the moment to sell. Um, you know, and, and you talk about that in the book, the fact that, you know, we, and, and I'll be honest, you know, sometimes I am that marketing person that goes squirrel. Um, you know, and, you know, and, and for many people, that's where it gets confusing because they're thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many options and I have to be everywhere. And then you look at them and they're these, you know, the deer in headlights, especially if they're thinking social media, because they're going, what's, what's a TikTok? And, <laughs> and, you know, can I sell on LinkedIn and, you know, all of these various things. 
And of course, what you talk about in your book is that everybody has to get on the same page. And the, the way they do that is by actually truly focusing on the customer and what the customer wants and how the customer buys. Um, you know, and, and I love that concept because you know, we were kind of taught that, that we had our message that we pushed at them and we convinced them to buy. And that's where we get the used car salesman you know, type of, of concept where it's, we don't even care if it's what you want, but y- you need it. You just don't know, Kristen, that you need it, um, and you know, and 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 you're going to buy it at any price, and and all of these things, and that might actually work. I mean, you know, clearly it does. Companies are selling like that all the time, but they would do so much better if they were actually talking to the customers how and where they want to be talked to. Yeah, and um, everything you're bringing up goes to the second thing. The first thing that I brought out to the market with Mm -hmm. the book and everything I've been talking about for years is that if you interview your customers after they buy from you, Mm -hmm. they will tell you about their buying journey, what their issues were, and all of that. Mm -hmm. You have to do it the right way, and in my book, I spell it out exactly. Oh, in in lots of very great detail. Yes, I give specific instructions on Mm -hmm. what works. Um, and I had tested this thousands of interviews for hundreds mm-hmm. of companies. So, it, you know, I knew what worked. And they're basically mm-hmm. open-ended questions that you ask people on the phone. Mm-hmm. Asking them those kinds of questions when they're in the buying process won't give you the kind of data you want because right. they're negotiating. They're mm-hmm. playing poker. They're not going to tell you what mm-hmm. they're really thinking. We never tell salespeople right. what we're really thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to work on that. That that's been uh, holding up as a, as a um, absolute yes. Once you get that, once you mm-hmm. understand what people are really thinking, then you can start building a strategy and align the sales and marketing people on that and mm-hmm. the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Um, now, lately, we've been testing this whole concept of what I call mindset-driven marketing, mm-hmm. where you can look at who they are, which is the persona, Mm-hmm. And you can look at where they are, which is all the channels, the social media and, and SEO and email or websites or whatever, discussion groups. Um, but none of that matters if they're not in the mood, if they're not ready, if they're not looking for what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Their mindset when they set out to make a purchase. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to learn with these interviews. And if you learn that, and you understand it. And by the way, it's very specific. Mm-hmm. It is not a general kind of vague thing. Right. I need to be sexier or mm-hmm. smarter or whatever. That's what marketing always says. Mm-hmm. No, it's I need this very specific thing mm-hmm. for this very specific reason. Right. And I have these desires and concerns mm-hmm. and questions. And you need to answer those for those buyers. Mm-hmm. You need to be there when they look. And you need to make an offer that corresponds to the mindset. Right. And if you do that, you both win. They get what they Mm -hmm. want and you get what you want, which Mm -hmm. is a sale. Right. That's what's missing from most marketing Mm -hmm. now. It's not everybody's assuming they build these personas, but personas don't buy products and services. This is true. You know, and, and I, I, you know, I like the concept of having a persona which, you know, at least that gives you kind of a baseline to start with. Um, you know, uh, the, one of the worst things anybody can ever tell me is if I say, who is 
your potential customer, and they look at me and they smile sweetly and they say, "Everyone, everybody, yes, everybody." <laughs> and and you know, I I keep trying to think of, and I've been I've been doing this twenty some years, a product that everyone would be interested in, and there's none. I mean, you know, because it can't you know say coffee. Well, there are people who don't like coffee. Um, there are people who certainly don't like Starbucks. You know, they well, like. I, I will say there's probably one uh, toilet paper probably falls in. Oh, that's true. Category. That's true. You know, and, and especially you know several. Yeah, months ago. exactly. We it, learned that during COVID. Oh, that's right. You know, that that's just kind of one of those things, and and that would be an actual. That'd be a very interesting study to do later <laughs> on. Why yeah. did you do that? Why did you go buy eighty nine rolls of toilet paper? Yeah. But, um. Yeah. Toilet, and I'm like, really? You didn't buy food? You bought. Well, there's no paper? substitute. I think the reason, and I, I thought about that too, because all of us looked at that and said, wait a minute, why is there no toilet paper all of a sudden? I know, I know. And it's because there is no substitute. Mm-hmm. You can't use a newspaper, right. you can't use mm-hmm. cloth, you can't use paper towels because mm-hmm. they'll mess up your plumbing. Right. You have to mm-hmm. use toilet paper. You mm-hmm. can't even use Kleenex. Kleenex right. messes up. All right, right. So that's yeah. what it was. They had mm-hmm. to have that right. in order to be part of civilized mm-hmm. society. And, but the funny thing was how much they bought. I mean, yeah. the pictures of like the overflowing shopping oh, carts. Yeah. And, yeah, I know. And, you know. and granted, you know, some of those might have been buying for multiple people. But yeah. sometimes well, I nobody think knew. Was, you know, mm-hmm. Nobody knew how long that was going mm-hmm. to last. Right. Oh, that yeah. was the other thing. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could you you see the pictures of people standing in line for bread in Venezuela, right. and you know, for three days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just mm-hmm. don't want that to happen to you right. and your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and of course, buying habits, it, and and that's the other thing is you might figure everything out, and then something weird like a pandemic happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and and but but yeah, we have to at least take a stab. At trying to figure out who we want to sell to, right? Um, you know, and, and we were talking before the program. You know, that's the target market, and I hate that term because it's like they have you know you're you're throwing something <laughs> yeah. at them. You know, and, yeah, and, you're gonna um, shoot them. You know, and and but the, I I like the persona, and I work with my my customers to develop you know somewhat of a persona, and of course you know it's 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 it, the the thing is it needs to be specific as you can get it. Because that really is knowing more than how to talk to them. You know, you can't just be women over 60 that have, you know, blonde hair. That, that again, is, is way too general. Um, you know, you, you get it down. And, and I, I even tell them, get a picture, you know, uh, so that you know this is who it is. But that's just the first kind of part of the process. Yeah, but I have trouble with personas um, because they can be very misleading. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and another thing is if the persona characterizes the situation that mm-hmm. the person is in and their state of mind and what they're right. looking for, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you characterize them by their demographics, an 18-year-old person is just as likely to buy a certain appliance right. than an 80-year-old mm-hmm. person. So mm-hmm. it doesn't do you much good. I remember a conference I went to, um, an e-metrics conference. A friend of mine, Jim Stern, has been putting those on for decades. And uh, one gal got up, Dareth Lampkin, I think her name was. Um, and she said, okay, everyone in the audience, I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to describe a persona to you. And and then we'll open your eyes and you'll see who it is. So mm-hmm. she described a mother with two kids on government assistance, um, age 33 or something. And so we were all imagining this person. And then, right. then we opened our eyes and it was Princess Di. Ah. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Because okay, she wouldn't and, get, you know, she, the government assistance. Is oh, yeah, the, yeah, the exactly. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it just, it, it really mm-hmm. hit home for me. And the other, the other big myth that I, that I keep trying to blast out of the water is relationship marketing. Mm-hmm. We want a relationship with our right. customers. Right. But as I say in my book, nobody wants the car dealer to show up for dinner. No. Okay? You don't go out to buy a car. You don't go out to buy things mm-hmm. to make relationships. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're doing. You're right. trying to solve mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff, the personas, the relationships, that's all about marketers mm-hmm. and what appeals to marketers in a way, in, in a, in a, in a, uh, and they're trying to solve a need for themselves, right. which is to give themselves some basis to go mm-hmm. on. Right. Yeah. And what I learned is that we're all off. Mm-hmm. We are all missing the mark mm-hmm. if we don't talk to customers, right? Real customers, mm-hmm. and find out, and reverse engineer their buying process. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was it you were trying to do? Mm-hmm. What 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 concerns did you have? Mm-hmm. What were the gatekeeping things where if they don't have this, I'm not buying it. Right. It has to have mm-hmm. that or I'm not buying. It. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all do that as buyers, but we mm-hmm. forget it mm-hmm. when we b- become sellers. Mm-hmm. We just put on a different hat and start getting desperate and thinking we have to convince people. Yeah. The, the light goes on saying, buy for me, buy for me, buy for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that, that I liked, really liked uh, you know, about the book was, you know, when you're talking to your customers, it's 10 to 15 people. So this is not, let's go talk to hundreds, thousands, because, you know, it's every business owner. It's, it's actually five to seven people of a given type. Right, right. Yeah. And then, and then mm-hmm. if you have more than one, that's how you yeah. got to the 10 to 15. You mm-hmm. still need to talk to, let's say it's a B2B situation mm-hmm. and you've got the CEO mm-hmm. and the purchasing agent mm-hmm. and the actual right. buyer mm-hmm. of yeah, the Yeah, so you've got, you know, five to right. seven CEOs. Right. And, but, you know, the nice thing is we're not talking hundreds, you know, because I think no. that's one of the things people think about is, yeah. well, if I have to, and, and it doesn't matter what the product or service is, they Absolutely. think, oh my gosh, I have to talk to hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have that much time. Well, no, and, and it's hard to get people on the phone. I mean, it's mm-hmm. we, when I do this work, I always end up asking my client for, like, if I'm going to talk to five people, I need 15 names mm-hmm. because right. the first third will get back to me and we'll make an appointment. The mm-hmm. second third will do it at the second uh, request, and mm-hmm. the third third will never come back. Right. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you just prepare for it. Mm-hmm. It's how the numbers have been for a long time. So, you just get on the phone, you talk to them for a half an hour, you have the conversations recorded and transcribed, you mm-hmm. tell them you're going to record and you mm-hmm. tell them that it's an anonymous report mm-hmm. so nobody's going to know what they said. Right. Um, so they speak freely then, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you present that to management in two ways. I always do a conversation report, which is the transcription of the conversation mm-hmm. and a summary and recommendations report that sort of boils it all down. Right, which is what most of them concepts. are only going to read. <laughs> No, they actually, believe it or not, surprisingly, they I read they every really, word. They get sucked in. Well, they do. It's like, it's like somebody telling you your life. Mm-hmm. And right. I've had so many CEOs say, oh, my God, I had no idea mm-hmm. that people thought that right. realized we were having that problem or, um, gee, that's a great idea. I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's market opportunities in these conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. And certainly, certainly, certainly what you learn more than anything is the specific thing, the specific promise mm-hmm. that you can make to them mm-hmm. that 
matches their mindset. Right. And that offer becomes the thing that takes your leads through the roof. Mm-hmm. And we've been testing this for about six months now. It works. Right. Well, talk to us about why to do it on the phone, because that, that really interested me in the, in the book. So tell us about why you decided that the phone is the best way to do this. Yeah. Well, first of all, of course, in COVID now, we're not doing anything in person anyway, but, um, but we wouldn't expensive. do Zoom for it. It's, it would be phone. Yes. You, but Zoom is, it's tricky. It, the minute you get the physical bodies involved, mm-hmm. They're not. They're no longer just sitting back in their normal environment talking on the phone, and right. it's very. They feels anonymous. Mm-hmm. The minute you get video involved or you're face to face with them, now now you're in a social situation. Right. They're going to be more careful about what they say, body language, body language, all mm-hmm. that stuff. They're going to be d- d- influenced by you, you know, mm-hmm. and right. how you're you're reacting. So, um, I just found testing it various ways that the phone phone still works. You mm-hmm. get people at their office and even if they're driving their car or whatever and they're mobile, the point is there's just you and them mm-hmm. and you're listening and they're talking and right. that's all there is. So what do you tell the people that go, but Kristen, I don't have time. So I'll just send them an email or I'll just, I'll ask on Facebook. You just, you mean when they say they don't want to talk to their customers? Right. You're talking about a client? I talk to them on the phone. Let's just I don't, I don't take on, on those email. clients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it's but not going to work. You, you talk about why doing email doesn't work. Um, no, no, because mm-hmm. if, if somebody's going to write something down, again, it's a safe thing if I tell them that I'm going to um, categorize the report by subject, completely mm-hmm. anonymize it. They know right away that that's how I'm making a promise. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to present it. And then they just talk freely and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they don't hold anything back. Right. Um, if you ask them to write, which takes time, we're all mm-hmm. writing. We have to write things all day. It mm-hmm. becomes work. Mm-hmm. You know, just right. chatting on the phone is not work, mm-hmm. even though it, it, it's good though, because if you're talking to someone who's not in the C-suite, if the C-suite person walked past, they'd still be talking about work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just works the best. The, the other problem with um, writing things or a survey or something is that's your preconceived yes. notion. Mm-hmm. You're asking questions based on what you assume mm-hmm. to be the truth. And that truth does not exist in right. the real world. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to clients and say, okay, what do you think about all this? They mm-hmm. tell me. And then I talk to customers and mm-hmm. it's not the same. Right. Well, and of course, the nice thing about when you're talking with them on the phone is you know, and, and you, you mentioned this in the book, you can pick up on some of those subtleties. You know, maybe there's been a change in their tone of voice. Yes. And so, you know, now, now, you know, this is not, let's, let's totally deviate from what we're going to ask, um, you know, because there's, there's set questions because yeah. your, your data is not going to be valid if it's just, you know, right. free for all, but you can, you can, you know, the, the basic question would be, hmm, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. The doubt in their voice. Mm-hmm. If they, if they say, yeah, it was okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's, That's not, me. it was fantastic. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm testing you now. Right. I'm going to say that and see if you respond. Mm-hmm. And if you say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. it was okay, yeah. then you haven't heard them and they no. start to shut mm-hmm. down and end the interview. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you say, well, wait a minute, sounds mm-hmm. like there's a little doubt in your voice just- there. Can you explain okay. that a little mm-hmm. bit more? Mm-hmm. And then they, they open up because they're now relieved mm-hmm. that you heard them. And they give you, mm-hmm. you know, it's a conversation. It's just 
a conversation, two human beings, one trying to learn mm-hmm. from the other. Right. And, and they're flattered by that. Mm-hmm. So who should be the person doing the interviewing? Well, it has to be somebody that understands the product or service. And mm-hmm. of course, I did this in the tech market for decades, and I understand technology because mm-hmm. remember back when I was <laughs> standing out in that parking mm-hmm. lot, I determined. So I could interview engineers and understand. And right. if I didn't, if they threw a new acronym out at me, I would stop them and say, wait a minute, what mm-hmm. is DHW? And they'd mm-hmm. say, oh, that's okay. And then they would know that I had understood the other stuff right. because I wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. I didn't pretend to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has to be somebody who's somewhat familiar with the industry. And again, because this is a conversation, you know, have you ever talked to somebody who really wasn't that interested in what you had to say, but they were being polite. Right. So they would say, well, how are you? And you'd tell Fine. them, and then you would get <laughs> bored yourself mm-hmm. because you knew right. they weren't listening. And so mm-hmm. that's what happens if the person doesn't understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The other trick, though, is it has to be somebody who can interview without selling. Mm-hmm. So it's very, right. you so it's never should put a salespeople sales doing no, this. They can't get on the phone because they're, they're going to say, wait, that's not true. We've done that. And here it is, X, Y, and Z. I'll show you right now. And mm-hmm. then it becomes a sales meeting mm-hmm. and the client we can solve that problem customer. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it can't be that person. And the other trick is it can't be the owner of the company because they're going to be more polite. That's the right. interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I've had, um, I had a situation once where, I don't know if I mentioned this in the book, but I, I was interviewing people who were running sweatshop kind of factories making clothing. Mm. And they had these big machines that would cut all these, you know, 1600 layers of fabric with a mm-hmm. saw on a vacuum bed. Mm-hmm. And if the machine went down, their business went down. Right. So I was working for a company who I won't say, um, uh, who had problems with that. Mm-hmm. And if the machine went down, they weren't very good at service, but the CEO didn't think that was the case. He thought they were fine. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed these guys. We've got one guy in Los Angeles um, and he didn't speak English very well. He was from Vietnam or something, running a very successful company, mm-hmm. smart guy. And the machine was down when I called him. Oh, so he's not happy to start oh, with. Oh, every other word was F this, F that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he was so upset. You know, these damn machines keep falling every time I, you know, when that mm-hmm. happens, I can't. So he was mad. So I actually said, wait a minute. Okay, now that we're done with the interview, would you mind if I told the CEO that you've got this problem mm-hmm. and I'd like to get him on the phone with you right away? Right. And he said, no, I wouldn't mind at all, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I got the CEO on the phone. And that guy was, the the owner of the sweatshop was so polite. He wasn't swearing. He was saying, you know, because he doesn't We're want having to, an issue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and the C, so the CEO until he read the transcription of the actual mm-hmm. conversation didn't realize how serious it was. Right. So you have to be careful. People mm-hmm. are more polite. So you find somebody who's knowledgeable, can speak to them, mm-hmm. and is a good listener. Mm-hmm. And that's really the requirement. It can be someone inside the company or outside the company. I don't, you know, obviously I, people get, hire me all the time to do this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, fine. But you can have people inside the company Mm -hmm. if, if they're taught how to listen and do this, you know, find the doubt and all those little intricacies. But I, I teach all of that in my book. I didn't hold back anything in the book. I want everybody to be able to do this because it changes everything. Mm -hmm. It makes right. all of your marketing mm-hmm. more successful. So mm-hmm. why not? Right. 
Yeah. And, and as we said, you know, figuring out what the customer wants, how they want it, all those various things. Um, it was interesting. I was on a, a conference call yesterday where uh, the, the guest speaker was talking about his book, you know, and, and um, sounded like a great book. Of course, they gave him the chance at the end to, to pitch it, which, you know, that's, that's always what, what we like to do. And, and, I, and I, it, this brought me up short. As, the mar- as a marketing person, I was just astounded at this. He said, we only sell it as an audible version. And, and it must have kind of startled the, the, you know, the, the person leading the thing because he went, oh, really? And they said, yes, we believe that's best for the environment. And, and it's funny because the guy's tone changed. You know, we believe that's what's best for the environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, as the busy business person, he's trying to sell that book to me. I don't do audible books. I just, mm. I, I don't, you know, now I know that there are people, especially, you know, pre and hopefully post COVID spend a lot of time in their cars. They do a lot of listening on things like that, but I still want a, you know, if it's not a physical book, a digital version, but that, and, and I was thinking, but you could have done a digital version. There's no harm to the environment with that. Yeah. But, but, you know, I like that we believe mm-hmm. and I thought, but if that's not how the people who want mm-hmm. to buy your book want it, yeah. you're not going to sell much. Yeah, that's right. And the, the focus group of one uh, inside of a company where the, the most powerful person in the room is sitting there saying, well, when I get this, I, I just ignore those mm-hmm. or I throw that away or right. I don't do that. I don't mm-hmm. ever do that. And <clears throat> it has absolutely mm-hmm. nothing to do. Right with the bulk of your customers mm-hmm. and what their real issues mm-hmm. are. Now, it could be they agree with you, mm-hmm. but if you don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. you're just throwing money out the window every mm-hmm. day. Right. Yeah, it's funny. One of the, the, the things that, that I do is I do social media um, for senior living communities, high-level senior living communities, and which is, it, it's actually, I love doing it right now during the pandemic because we're posting so much to show. But, but anyhow, the president of the company, does not use Facebook, does not use any social media. He's very open about all of that. And he's, he's this absolutely delightful man. And he says, but my wife told me you have to do this. <laughs> and, and of course, the wife is really who we're trying to reach because yeah. we're wanting to show the wife that mom, dad, whoever are safe, happy, healthy in the, the, the communities. Right. But, but I just love that because he knows exactly who he needs to be talking to. Yeah. And, you know, and, but I love that I don't do it, but my wife said. <laughs> yeah. I think David Ogilvy famously said one of those um, brilliant ad guys back in the days of mm-hmm. um, when advertised, mad, sort of the Mad Men period, um, said the customer's not an idiot, she's your wife. Mm-hmm. And he oh, was yeah. trying to make that mm-hmm. point that it's not you, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't look down at your customer mm-hmm. and try to convince them that your way is better. Right. The other thing that I think we need to bring up here mm-hmm. is that selling as a, as a discipline has changed 100% mm-hmm. since the web. Yep. Since Google, mm-hmm. who owns 95% of the search market, mm-hmm. since Google made it possible to pretty much find anything mm-hmm. you want if you learn how to search. Right. <clears throat> and we've all learned how to search mm-hmm. and know that, that another option is just to click away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, people, customers now have total 
ability to go anywhere. They're not beholden to anyone. They don't have to buy from anyone. And they also have full access to each other, Mm -hmm. which they didn't have before. Before you'd have to ask around salespeople, maybe, you know, one or two people, Mm -hmm. but now you can go and see what 300 people Mm -hmm. say about some little widget that you want to buy for your house Mm -hmm. on Amazon. And Amazon has always led the 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 whole parade mm-hmm. on this infrastructure for helping customers buy easily mm-hmm. and um, set the the bar. And one of those things is customers answering questions for other people. Right. And you could even do a search mm-hmm. in there and say, "Okay, I'm only interested in this part. Mm-hmm. How well does it do that?" Yep. And you can find out. Mm-hmm. That changed everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody is still stuck thinking that we're not that that's not out there. Mm-hmm. And it's right. a mistake because mm-hmm. the customer is way right. down the road on mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. I think, you know, that the, the car dealerships that are online, the Carvana and, and things like that are probably one of the best examples of that. Now I can't see myself spending that much money on a car that's just going to be delivered. Now, granted, they have a good return policy, you know, all sorts of things like that. But, and, and, but I'm also not the person that wants to go in and and deal with the salespeople and their happy faces and, and things like that. I've, as you said, I've done my research. Yeah. But I need to touch it. I need to, you know, I want to see what color blue is that, you know, yeah. because of course that's the most important thing. Um, <laughs> and, but, but yeah, so I, you know, I, I still want to do that. But as you said, I've done my research, you know, I know, and, and most importantly, I know what it should cost. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the big thing. You know, I know all the features. I know what, you know, what I want, what are, what are have to haves, what are maybes, you know, what are, oh, that's nice. But, you know, all those various things. And we do that with many, many products now. You know, we've done our research in advance, whether it's oh, that yeah. we've asked our friends on Facebook or, or whatever. And, and as you said, the salesperson really is there more to say, can I get that box down for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to help. Um, one of the a couple of things I want to bring up here, uh, based on what you just said, one of them is that um, I think I was again one of the first people to say that that by the time they get to a salesperson at this point, they've had sixty to eighty percent of their questions answered, and right. now they just have very specific questions. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. problem is the salespeople are often trained to answer the first eighty percent. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now people are starting to hire customer service types or field engineering types mm-hmm. who answer are absolutely equipped, actually mm-hmm. equipped to answer that last 10 or 20% mm-hmm. of those questions, mm-hmm. those very specific questions. So that's a shift that's happening. Mm-hmm. They, people don't want to be sold to anymore. They right. don't want to be convinced about anything. Mm-hmm. If you start selling them, they just turn off and mm-hmm. walk away because they know that they're going to be able to get the answers that right. they want. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing we need to bring up here, though, is as I was writing the first that the book, um, I realized that there were four types of products and services in the world right. based on the amount of scrutiny that the customer applies oh, to the person. bringing purchase. that up in the PDF to ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we've got light scrutiny, mm-hmm. medium scrutiny, heavy scrutiny, and intense scrutiny products mm-hmm. and services. And when mm-hmm. I say that, people who are selling products and services once I give a little more definition, they know where they sit right. on that mm-hmm. spectrum, the, the scrutiny spectrum. Mm-hmm. So light scrutiny is a couple of dollars, see it, buy it, don't have many questions, right. nobody else Bag of potato chips. Yeah, exactly. Impulse purchases. Mm-hmm. 
medium scrutiny are things like clothing or simple software mm-hmm. products where you just see it. You've got a few questions. There's mm-hmm. no one else involved. Doesn't cost a whole lot more than the, the other, mm-hmm. you know, 20s to 100s. Um, heavy scrutiny is... Uh, it's a big deal. It's a mm-hmm. car. It's a house. There's right. a contract involved. There's mm-hmm. some kind of salesperson mm-hmm. or somebody who's helping you with the buying mm-hmm. process. Um, and uh, there are lots and lots of questions. The point being that the money goes up and the questions go up. Right. And the concerns go up, mm-hmm. especially in B2B where you've got this, your reputation's on the line. Mm-hmm. If you buy something for the company and it doesn't work, You'll never, nobody will ever forget that you made that mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. It's just the way it is. So avoiding corporate embarrassment is one of the biggest mm-hmm. drivers for, mm-hmm. for corporate buyers, not greed. It's not, it's just that. So, um, and then the intense scrutiny level is when it's just like heavy, there's a contract, there's all this um, mm-hmm. big risk involved, but you get married. There's some kind of ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. One of the goals of um, this whole process of selling the way people want to buy is to, if you have an intense scrutiny product or service, which I do, I, you know, mm-hmm. a, a right. digital agency revenue coaching, um, you want to do such a good job of the marketing and answering the questions they have before they buy that by the time they get to you, you're really down to the medium scrutiny level. Mm-hmm. They've only got two or three questions. By mm-hmm. the time people come to me, they've seen my podcast, they've right. read my book or whatever, they know they want to hire mm-hmm. me and they just want to know how much do you cost? When can you start? Mm-hmm. And do you want to work with us? Yep. And that's it. I, oh, my marketing has done all the other work. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to do. You want to get that marketing to do mm-hmm. all that work. And so the sale is just closing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Right. Answering those final little questions that are, are just more very specific about something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and people are like, well, but how do, how do we know that? Ask. How, how do we know what? Which <laughs> how do we, we know what people are going to ask? Well, well you yeah. ask the yeah. people. That's <laughs> what we've been saying. You know, yeah, and, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, and of course the big thing, and I hear this, so I'm guessing you hear it a lot is, you know, but, but what if they tell us something bad? You know, I have people who tell me, well, you know, we, we're not going to have a presence on say Facebook because people are going to say something bad. And I tell them, okay, well, they're saying it anyway. Yeah. So the point is you need to be there to be able to respond. Yeah, um, exactly. you, know, and, you want to and, do listening and yeah. be able to respond. Yeah. And they, one of the things that comes out of the research is I tell the people that I'm doing it for that we're going to find out what you do well, better mm-hmm. than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to promote. Mm-hmm. And then there are going to be things that you need to improve. Mm-hmm. But that's an opportunity because now you're going to know for sure what's keeping people from buying or what right. made them hesitate mm-hmm. or the things they've been disappointed about that they're now telling everybody mm-hmm. else on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you know those things, you can address them. You mm-hmm. won't be in the dark. You won't be the last mm-hmm. guy to know that that's why people aren't buying or whatever. Right. And so you can then take that data and improve on it and then promote that. That mm-hmm. you've actually, you know, you had this problem and you fixed it. Right. Go back out into the market. Mm-hmm. So it's it's win-win all the way mm-hmm. across. Right. Yeah. You know, companies should always want to know the bad. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, granted, there are people that we're going to deal with that doesn't matter. They're not going to like it. Okay. Those are the people that you just say, gee, we're terribly sorry. Yeah. 
and and you let that go. Yep. Um, you're not going to win them over, you know, yeah. and, 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 and I always tell, you know, like, especially if say someone has complained on social media and, and I say, you know, we need to respond. Oh yes. You need and, to respond. Oh yeah. I said, you know, no, nice no way. ostrich stuff. And I yeah. said, now there are obviously very clear ways to respond. I said, we never want to point fingers. We never oh. want to place blame. Right. I'm sorry is usually the best thing you can say. And I said, and, <laughs> but more importantly, I said, they, they almost never look back at it. But it's the other people who see it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like Yelp reviews, you know, those, yeah. those are good examples. You know, the, the people who write the review, they never see it. But when I'm looking at it as a potential customer, yeah. I want to see how the company responded. And yeah. if they have a cut and paste, thank you very much for your comments. Thank you yes. very much for your comments. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, the, nobody's, uh, nobody's awake. They're not woke, mm -hmm. as they say now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, and online reviews like that are, of course, one of the, the a great thing that people should be looking at. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I know companies who's really, they can, they can review us. Oh, oh, I don't read those. Well, why not? And again, you know, more than likely, it, well, not more than likely, it's, it's a mix. You know, you've got the really great ones, which you obviously want to know those. But, you know, then you've got the negatives and, and you know, and, and you know, we, we talk about, you know, you, you need the negative. It, obviously, the positive is just as good because that's where you're going to find things like, oh, my gosh, that salesperson people love or that employee or whatever, or that feature people really love. And, huh, we thought that was kind of an extra. But people, yeah. you know, and, and those are all the, the things, time. too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. And, and the, there's a balance. It's there's a bigger picture, too. Mm -hmm. Um Sometimes there's too many positive things and they all right. sound like they were written by the same person. And so then mm -hmm. you get suspicious. There's right. that. There's also, um, you see a negative review, mm -hmm. but you think, oh, well, that doesn't really apply to me. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So every so often, if there's sort of a negative thing and the company responds well to it, okay, that's, mm -hmm. you're not even going to worry about that. Right. It's when you see 20 people saying, I got this thing and a week right. later it broke. Mm -hmm. And, and they're really ticked off. And a lot of them are fine. You know, you get the same mm -hmm. thread. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the big picture that we're mm -hmm. looking for. Right. That's why I talk to five to seven people, because by mm -hmm. the fifth person, I start hearing them. Mm -hmm. Very same mm -hmm. phrases. Right. They've never spoken to mm -hmm. each other. They don't know each other. And yet they're saying the exact same thing mm -hmm. about their personal mm -hmm. experience. Right. So it's the truth. It's mm -hmm. the, the actual truth. Yeah, because they haven't probably talked to each other to get their stories the same. No, um, not like know, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so when you do hear it from, from multiple people, and yeah. of course, that's why we like reading the reviews because they're unbiased. You know, we Usually, know yes. that, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's funny because that's what I also tell my clients is you can go in and you can write a review, but you need to make it clear that you work there. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. You have yeah. to do that. And I've I done that. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. I have a client that sells um, makeup and hair mm -hmm. stuff, and I've been a client of hers for a mm -hmm. long time. And I just say I, I work for her. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but this but, is still a great product. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't, I'd still be buying these. Right. You know, yeah. just tell the truth. The truth is an amazing, wonderful force in the world. It's, it's the thing that drives everything. Right. And um, so what we're really doing here is we're finding out the truth mm -hmm. about what your customers really want mm -hmm. and how they want to buy it. Mm -hmm. And then we're acting on that truth. Right. And when you mm -hmm. act on the truth, everything works out because mm -hmm. 
the truth is like, there it is. There's, there's, there's right. no escaping it. It is the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned Amazon before. Of course, they, they are the, the king at doing all of this. Um, and of course, the, the funny thing are the people that went, that's never going to work. Uh, you know, Barnes and Noble would be obviously. Oh yeah, I remember that. that came out in '94, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there looking at that, and I thought mm-hmm. to myself, "This is the first tech company mm-hmm. that has started a company based on their infrastructure, not mm-hmm. their product, right? Not their service, mm-hmm. but he built an infrastructure, mm-hmm. and then." He, and I thought this is going to be really interesting to watch because that's what he did. He made this the infrastructure the star. Right. And there aren't very many companies that do that. Mm-mm. It's yeah. one of the reasons when I started this company, the first thing I did was hire someone I call an app whisperer who was mm-hmm. an infrastructure type of person. And we built the system. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I did. Right. Because I knew that if I don't have a system that mm-hmm. helps me keep my promises, I'm not going mm-hmm. to be able to do a good job. Right. Just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of promises, one of the things you talk about in the book is kind of the brand promise. Mm. And, and I love the example that you give of Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, <laughs> and the fact that for many years, and those of us of a certain age will remember that their tagline was finger licking good. Yeah. That said it all right so there. The story, yeah, the story there is there, there was a guy who was sitting with uh, somebody I knew who was a marketing guy in a tech company, and he was sitting with a bunch of engineers and saying, you know, what makes your product great? And they were all saying things like bits and bytes and feeds and speeds and limited only by your imagination. It was just driving him nuts. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, if you guys were selling Kentucky Fried Chicken, the data sheet headline would be uh, dead chicken parts. And the subhead would be fried in grease at 200 degrees. Which, <laughs> and when you know that and you right. look at all the marketing around the world, you start thinking that's dead, that's fried chicken. There it is. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. dead chicken parts. Mm-hmm. He said, not one of you in this room would have thought of finger licking good. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that story. But the customers story, did. Mm-hmm. But the customers did. And, and the beauty of that is that's the peak mm-hmm. Kentucky fried chicken moment. You've, you've right. just finished. You're licking your fingers. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten indigestion yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's the moment. It's that, mm-hmm. I call it the visual moment of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things you're looking for in your, um, your interviews mm-hmm. is you want to find that aha moment. Right. When they said, oh, man, I'm so glad mm-hmm. I got this. Look at how good mm-hmm. this is. And, you know, and that should be another thing I talk about. And I have a guide out called Mindset, a guide to mindset-driven marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I talk about is mindset immersion. Mm-hmm. Where you get the mindset, and then you just you just give a customer everything they need to know about that. And mm-hmm. I, one of the examples I use is a company called Vital Farms. Mm-hmm. They're an egg company, and all they talk about is how happy those hens are and how much room they have. Mm-hmm. You can actually see the 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 farms where these chickens are raised and go to a a, a web URL. They put it on their oh, package, uh-huh. and they show all these wonderful chickens running around mm-hmm. and. Uh, I mean, it's just fantastic, mm-hmm. but that's mindset immersion. They mm-hmm. understood that people want the chickens to be happy. That's mm-hmm. why they're buying a certain egg brand. Right. And they're just going as mm-hmm. deep as they can mm-hmm. into that whole way of thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, what, what we're talking about, what mm-hmm. we're passionate about. That's where you need to get to. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and it, it does come back to the battle between marketing and sales. You know, marketing, you know, we're all told you have to have a tagline. 
Yeah. Have one of the best known taglines in the world is just do it. Yeah. Is that really saying anything? Um, you know, no, not really. I mean, yeah, but it goes with, it goes with sports. It goes with, yeah, there's a reason that that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Go out and do it. Don't sit on the couch and get mm-hmm. fat. Right. Just go just out do and it. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's you know, why that worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, there are so many more where you look at it and you know, as market, we just shake <laughs> our heads. We're like, okay, yeah. who came up with that? Yeah. Well, mission statements. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. Oh, oh no, I know. you know that that somebody labored on for. And do we say uh or the? Um, you yeah. know, and no, you're right. So and, much and then stuff it's, you know, it's, it's on the wall. Now that's not saying they shouldn't have them because we need to to kind of know those things. But that's not you know you shouldn't have spent four weeks trying to come up with your mission. No, statement. no, marketing by committee is uh, a big mistake. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and and nothing good comes from those discussions unless you are talking to the customers first and Mm -hmm. then you have that big meeting because Mm -hmm. now the customer's in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it does, you know, there are times where there are some other things that that are, you know, that make things complicated. I did marketing for a, a very large financial services corporation. So the the other elephant in the room was the government who said, Mm -hmm. you can say this and you can't say that. Yes. And so it was always really funny when I would work on a new marketing piece um, where I I had a process that that we had to go through, you know, and and so, and did we ask the customers? No. So that was the first big mistake we made. So we were the marketing people. We were just saying, buy this, buy this, buy this. It's the best thing since sliced bread. I literally had 27 people that had to approve it. Now, most of those never even read it. They just wanted to be on the list. Yes, that's right. Now, there were a couple attorneys on there, you know, and, and a couple people, we actually had a couple salespeople on there. So the people who were dealing with the customers, so at least we got a little closer to that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I learned very quickly on that, you know, most of those 27 people, like we said, just wanted to be on the list. And so when I sent my email out, I would say, you know, you know, your deadline to respond is, if you have not responded by that deadline, I will assume that you have approved this. And, and then I listed the specific people who I had to hear from, the attorneys and the salespeople. And, you know, and, and if I hadn't heard from them, I would go back to them, especially the attorneys, because yeah. it, that yeah. really was, <laughs> yeah. that was something. But, um, but yeah, and then everybody else, you know, they just, they were happy that they got included on the list and, and that was fine. But heaven forbid, I, I take them off. You know, if they went for, you know, however many times and never responded and I thought, yeah, and I took them off. No, no. But, um, but yeah, you know, marketing by committee is always such fun. Um, you know, and, and it, it is even worse when you have things like federal regulations and, and all of those things. Yeah. It's getting tougher and tougher, mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, but again, if you go back to the customer who's, I mean, let's face it, the customer is the one who's going to buy. Right. So why not, not the go to them? People, not, not the, the marketing Exactly. Not the lawyers. Not no. Mm-hmm. The customer is the one who's going to give you the money. Mm-hmm. So why not get put your ego aside? Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest problem is people assume that they know this stuff. Mm-hmm. They assume that this is what's right. important to the customer, and and that assumption is the mm-hmm. honestly, it's honestly, I think it's the most expensive assumption mm-hmm. in business 
in the business world across the board. Right. The minute you assume that mm-hmm. you're off target, you're not mm-hmm. going to, you're going to spend all mm-hmm. that marketing money and salespeople and everything, and they're going to miss the mark. Right. And the right. customer's just going to go, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get me, mm-hmm. click, yeah. and I'm off to the next one. Yeah. Just like oh, and, that. And if you, if you actually got it correct, it was luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, that happens. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. right. We changed two words for one company. We have a client that sells luxury yacht cruises for mm-hmm. 100000 to a $1 million a week. Okay. And in the midst of a COVID pandemic and all of that, you would think that their leads would just dry up and the business would dry up and that would be it. We figured out, and I'm not going to say what it is because it's secret sauce for her, Mm -hmm. but we figured out two words Mm -hmm. that we could put in the ads and we hockey sticked and she's getting 100 to 200 Mm -hmm. leads a month now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and it's like we said, you know, there things change. And so you have to adapt. You have to take advantage. You know, of course, the big thing now is so many people are saying, you know, no, no contact, clean. You know, I, I laugh and I always say, you know, I'm sorry, how many times were they touching my pizza before this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Food's a tricky one. Yeah. And wait a minute. Now you're cleaning the restaurant? Yeah. Wasn't mm. it clean before? You know, all <laughs> of you laugh about those, but yeah. But, you know, it does make us reevaluate things. And, and, um, and it's funny because as we were talking, I was thinking about the fact that in the last months, many of the people that I have talked to, we've really focused on the pandemic and on COVID and, and things like that. And we really haven't because aside from, you know, some, some basic things, it hasn't changed much. But the one thing I was thinking about is now is a great time for businesses to really be reevaluating this. Um, we're not saying people have spare time, but, you know, they do have maybe a little bit more time, but also the customers, you know, especially if we do things like, you know, many companies I think are going to continue having their employees home office, all of those mm-hmm. things. So yeah. I think the research that people do before they buy is just going to skyrocket. Oh yeah, that's definitely happening. Mm-hmm. People spend a lot more time. Yeah. You can spend an hour and a half mm-hmm. on Amazon making a decision about a $7 thing. Right. Just because bored, so much information there. is there. Mm-hmm. Well, but you really want to, you don't, it's a pain to return stuff. Mm-hmm. Even so, on Amazon, yeah, because I can go back into Kohl's again. I think we can, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's people have more time right now to be doing things like that, and and but companies also should really be stopping right now and and thinking, okay, when we come out of this, what's going to happen? You know, people's buying habits will be changing. You oh, know, they're changed already. Yeah, the I, people thing, are changed not going already. In. You know, yeah. that, that really is the biggie. So, you know, say we're a clothing store. How do we answer questions about all the things that, pe- because trying on the clothes is, is the biggie. Well, now you, yeah. can't, you, know, you can't, you can't do that. Even the stores we're going into. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're ordering online, okay, well, I want to know, is small really small? Is, <laughs> yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and yeah. you know, and and what color is that blue? Yeah, and things like that. And how easy is it to return it? Yeah, or can I? You know? Yeah, and and you know, and and so it, like we said, those are the questions that the customers have. Yeah, and so they they want to be able to to answer that because if I can't tell that that blue is going to be the blue I want, then I'm going to go find another blue. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just a click away. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, oh my gosh, Kristen, we are, see, I tell people, this is why I set the timer, um, you know, because we could just go on forever, um, you know, and granted it's marketing and I love talking about marketing, but you know, it is, it's so much fun and, and I shouldn't say it's marketing, you know, because it's not, it's customer centric, um, you know, and, and that really is the, the thing. And, and, you know, there's, there's a quote that I found on your website and then, well, you know, I want you to tell people more about what you do, but, but you say, Absolutely nothing in marketing matters more than the customer's mindset when making a purchase. That's right. If you get that right, then everything else you spend, all the channels, all the personas, everything else you do Mm -hmm. is going to work. Right. If you don't get that right, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to work. Right. Right. If your customer doesn't use Facebook, then why the heck are you spending a lot of time on Facebook? (laughs) Exactly. Just because everybody says you got to be there. No. (laughs) And 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 it's about what they where they would go to look for you. That's the other thing. If they wouldn't expect to find you now, I will say for social, you do have to be there. They right. just want to know. And, no, as we said, if somebody's saying something bad, you need to be able to respond. Yeah, but you just have to be there anyway. It's just part of the mm-hmm. cost of doing business now. Mm-hmm. But they'll go there to see what you are saying, what you care mm-hmm. about, and how asleep at the switch you are. If you haven't posted for three months, they're going to mm-hmm. notice. Right. That's It's not so much about who's following you. Mm-hmm. If you're just, you know, I, I'm not talking about celebrities and sports right. figures oh, and things. Influencers That's a whole other that, category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm just talking about normal people selling mm-hmm. normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And they will go in and see what you care about. Mm-hmm. Because more and more, just like the good chickens mm-hmm. happy out there in the field mm-hmm. with, you know, more than one square right. foot of space, mm-hmm. that people are getting very concerned about who's this company and are they this big, terrible corporation or are they do they really right. care about their customers? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Kristen, tell us how people find you and connect with you online, and then tell a little bit more about what Zhivago Partners does. Okay, so you can just type Kristen Zhivago in Google and you'll find me, but it, the website is zhivagopartners.com. Uh, pretty much everything's on there. You can get to the book from there. I only sell on Amazon, but I do sell Kindle and hard copy mm-hmm. and Audible of the book. Um the blog that I write uh, once or twice a month is up there. I also mm-hmm. write a, just a, um, a, a labor of love blog for the up-and-comers called Kristen's Wisdom, where mm. I, I'm just, in fact, I'm publishing an article about Business 101, how it really works, how to succeed in business for Fun. the up-and-comers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, just a blog, kristenswisdom.com. But anyway, ZhivagoPartners.com, and we also are offering the Mindset-Driven Guide, a Mindset-Driven Marketing Guide, which I just finished. Um, that's published, and you can find that on the website as well. Mm-hmm. So ZhivagoPartners.com. I've, I've downloaded it. It's, it's a very short, quick, fast read, but great information. It's good. It's good. I enjoyed trying to help people do mm-hmm. this better because, honestly, it's the most broken part of business. Mm-hmm. If manufacturing worked the way marketing worked, nothing we, we mm-hmm. produced would, would right. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, we think we, we, think we know mm-hmm. what they want. Yes, ma'am. You know, right. and, and, you know, and, and we keep, you know, we, we, for those who are watching the, the video, every time we say assume, we kind of snicker. Yeah. Um, but because we all know, you know, that. What that stands hey, for, right. Yeah. But, you know, it is, we do assume that we know what the, our target market once, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and there's just we lots don't. of things wrong in that sentence. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so, true. yeah, it's, and it's, it's, you know, 
it, yes, it takes time. Let's yeah, oh, you it. did. You did ask me to say what. So, Zhivago Partners is a digital. I call it a digital marketing management mm-hmm. company because mm-hmm. we basically are can be an outsourced marketing department for people. And we come in the middle of their movie and Mm -hmm. sometimes we work with their people and Mm -hmm. our people. And I call it partners because we're partnering with our clients to get their marketing uh, right. And um, we specialize in digital marketing, but of course we do other stuff as well, but it's, it's all of the specialists. I have very good specialists in the various channels and disciplines, the writing and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've built a marketing machine. Mm-hmm. basically. Great. And it works. So, well, and obviously virtual, you know, yes, this day and age, we company. have to be, but, um, you know, and, and so you can work with people from around the world. Yeah. Great. I love it. Well, you know, Kristen, is there anything, any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Uh, yeah. Don't assume it's very expensive. <laughs> right. It's the worst mistake you can make. And just put your ego aside and say, you know what? I'm going to try to to learn this mindset, understand the mindset of the customer when they set out to buy and figure out how to make an offer, whether it's a product or a downloadable or something that appeals to that mindset. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do 100% better than you're doing now. Great. I love it. Well, again, the book is Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. Great, great, great. Um, You know, as we said, you go into great, good detail saying, here are the questions you want to ask. It's not just ask, you know, interview them. No, no, no. You, You give questions, you know, all these various things. So fabulous resource. Good. Thank you. It's been fun talking with you about marketing. I know. Got to love it. Got to love it. And we can do this again and we should do this again. So look forward to chatting with you again. So I'm Deb Creer. I really have been having a fascinating time talking with Kristen Zhivago. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.